...inspiration for Linwood Scotts, but she is not any one person. She represents all those women, and her circumstances are common to far too many. She's a lot more adventurous, bawdy, reckless, and irreverent than I am. We share only our affinity for old movies, our dark sense of humor, and our determination to make lemonade out of lemons. And for the record, I have no tattoos on my body. I hope my readers will laugh, cry, and grow with Lynn. I did. Chapter One I took the long way home that fateful midsummer day last July, maybe because I still couldn't quite believe what I was about to do. I could still hear Miss Mamie. That's my mother. Everybody calls her Miss Mamie, including my brother and me. Telling me on the eve of my wedding that if I insisted on marrying Phil at 19, I shouldn't even think of turning up on her doorstep again. You make your bed, you lie in it, she said, with absolute conviction. Miss Mamie says everything with absolute conviction. Yet, here I was 30 years later, galled to my very soul that my family's dire predictions for my marriage had finally proven true. The phantom umbilicus that connected me to my mother had turned out to be a cosmic bungee cord. My 50 years of life one long, ludicrous leap that was rebounding at light speed back to the womb. God help me. So that Thursday, the day after the 4th of July, I took the slow, scenic route through Mimosa Branch. Driving into the old business district, I was struck that my hometown seemed to have come up in the world at least as far as I had come down. Everything was fixed up, filled up, and decidedly suburban upscale, right down to the contemporary artist Warren in one of the old mill buildings. Miss Mamie had told me all about the artists in her almost daily phone updates. An equal opportunity gossip, she belonged not only to the United Methodist Women, but also to the Baptist Women's Circle, so she got the scoop. She'd assured me the good ladies were doing their best to love these offbeat transplants in a Christian way, just as they had tried to love those Mexicans who had flooded into the area and snapped up all the jobs at the poultry plant. But as to the artists, the good church women of Mimosa Branch, Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, and even the Pentecostals had been united at last by their common alarm about the New Age influence the interlopers had introduced to their conservative community. Worse still, several of the odd characters were from California, a point of origin surpassing even Florida in its capacity for alienating the locals. I knew my mother would fill me in on all their subversive activities, endlessly, incessantly, in person. Shuddering at the thought, I tried to concentrate on the brick storefronts that flanked Main Street. Gone were the for rent signs and sad neglect. Like kudzu, Atlanta's suburban tentacles had invaded my hometown and cloaked it in green, the spending kind. And like kudzu, the blanket of green had certainly made things look better, at least on the surface. Whether it was really an improvement, though, remained to be seen. The decay was still there under kudzu. You just couldn't see it. Yep, things had definitely changed. I passed the nude painting Miss Mamie had told me, blared right out on Main Street. 
Galleries now replaced all but a single law office of the dozen that once practiced here. I'd always wondered how so many lawyers could stay in business in a town of 3,000 that wasn't a county seat. Apparently, they couldn't. But then again, this was no longer a sleepy little town of 3,000. Even the people on the sidewalks looked different. Where were the fat women? Mimosa Branch had always had the state's highest per capita ratio of fat women. I wondered if one of those California artists had gotten the city to enact the same secret ordinance they had in Beverly Hills and Brentwood, banning fat people from coming out in public. My 30 extra pounds smarted in outrage. The one comforting presence downtown was Chief Parker's Drugs, which had defiantly held on to its ugly aluminum awning and faded 50s commercial tackiness through three owners and the insurgence of trendy bistros, boutiques, and galleries. Never close to the sick.